Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Before we get into tonight's episode, we want to remind all of those listening on Apple Podcasts to drop us a five-star review. It helps us grow as a podcast and build our audience. If you're listening on Spotify or any other platform, follow us, and don't forget to share with friends and family who might have a little bit of the strange in them as well. And while you're on those socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, be sure to find us, Fear and Beer Pod. Give us a like, share, and you can always message us. We love to interact with all you guys. It seems like it's been forever. It's been a while. It does. It has been a very, been a very weeks. busy season for but us. We've had a busy couple of weeks anyway. I mean, so. Family in town, like, I feel like we say that a lot. Our family but comes like, to town always, quite a bit. It's I, We shouldn't use it as an excuse anymore, but, like, it's still an excuse. I mean, it is an excuse because, like, you know, your your parents, my parents, they come down here, like, every other month. Oh, so. yeah. Well, we got that on top of our nights, on top of work, on top right. of moving, which our, our quote-unquote studio room is... <laughs> It's coming along, but it's uh. Definitely... Well, it's better than sitting in your bedroom. Yeah. Not that you didn't have a good bedroom. You had a nice bedroom, but we're... at least we're in our own space now. Yes, yes. And soon enough, this will be fully converted. I mean, I don't even have my own office at home, <laughs> and I work from home. So the fact that like we have a nice little space for recording a podcast, I may just come over here and work with you. I, hey, it's fine. You got your little desk. I got my desk. It's fine. Well, this thing will be up and running. We got some cool stuff when this actually is fully converted over because we are going to start utilizing video a little bit more i don't know if we're going to do full-on podcast videos but we're going to be doing something with it and we'll we'll be a little bit more interactive on that and once this season kind of wraps up because i'm sure just like everybody else uh it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot working all working all mornings working it is. all week it's hard. and it's hard and i get even for you i mean you're you probably work it's harder for you because like like i said i work from home so I can just roll out of bed mm-hmm. and work in my pajamas all day. You unfortunately have to like get up and work all day long and yeah. deal with people all day long. Sadly, <laughs> I get it. Oh well, it's it's the uh, it's the price we pay. So it's life That's is for life, sure. right? Exactly. All right. Well, today what we are going to be doing today is recapping our six house unmasking the horror tour from a few weeks back. We're going to kind of be walking through the houses as we did, uh, and at this point, it's been like a week or so. So we're going to try and remember as much of those little tidbits that they had had talked about and mentioned obviously we're not going to remember everything so if you got time plan one of these tours because they are yeah worth it. we're not going to like go into like too much detail because we don't want to like ruin the magic of the tour but just some of the cool things we remember um our tour guide matt was his name matt, matt yep. um great awesome knows his stuff like he literally like is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, HHN and Universal and, and just Halloween in general. So if you have a chance to do one of these tours, we definitely think it's worth the money. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, we paid about 150 a person for this. Yeah, you can't beat um, that. You can't beat it because it's just an all-day thing. You get, you get to go through six houses and get you get to see it in a way that most people don't. And I think it it's, adds a layer to the, myth, to, myth, to the mythos of being like an HHN fan. So. Yeah. Before we dive in, let's let's uh, get into these beers. And yeah, I think let's this, dig into some beers. I think this episode is going to be a little bit—I don't want to say long—but I think we got a lot to talk about, so we're yeah. going to just kind of 
glance over these beers just a little bit. Unless, when I did Malcolm Beyond, I'm, well, I'm going to be honest, like at least my beer is kind of a stretch. Okay. So well, I'll, I'll do what I can to kind of make it work. But Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, mine's definitely... I'll let you go first because I'm going to think. Want... I'm going to try and find okay. a way. That's fine. Yeah, so I had two beers in my fridge before I came over here and I had to choose between one and the other and I'm sitting there racking my brain going, how am I going to make this fit? in a horror podcast but luckily enough one of them is called two million bees and some hops and i'm thinking and i'm going you know what i just saw a pretty good movie that just came out that has a lot to do with bees and uh we're just gonna tie it in because of uh Candyman and uh, how much i really enjoyed the pseudo remake sequel yeah whatever that, we want to whatever we're gonna call it i think it's more of a sequel than a, than a remake but i guess you could say it's kind of both but you know just because that movie was so good at least in my opinion, yeah, I had to I tie it, it into the beer, and I, I maybe subconsciously when I bought these beers, that's what I was thinking of. But I've had oh, it sure. for like a month now, so I've got to drink it before <laughs> it goes too skunky. But uh, we'll give it a shot. It looks like it is by Hourglass Brewing, and they are out of Longwood, Florida, so they're a local. They're close to us. Um, never had anything from them. I don't. But, well, I could be a lie. I may have had something from Hourglass before, off the look. But this is a New England, so it's a New England style double IPA. So it's a it's a it's a NEPA, um, but it's brewed with Florida orange blossom honey. So that's where they get the bees from. So I'm interested to try it because I'm a huge, yeah, bees, bees, not the bees, um, <laughs> bees, bees. Uh, so I'm interested to try it because I am a NEPA. I like I love my IPAs. I love my New England IPAs, but the honey part of it, I think. I mean. I think it'll make. I think it'll add something nice to it. So while I pour this bad boy, why don't you try to make yours work? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm working with Edmonds Oast Brewing, um, and I got the <laughs> strawberry shortcake. Uh, this is a Blondale. It's brewed with lactose and strawberry and vanilla added. Um, coming to us from Charleston, South Carolina. And the only thing that I can really think of right now is uh, shortcake uh, and, and shortcut. This is a shortcut of doing the unmasking the horror tour. Yeah, I guess listening. so. I guess it's, so. It's a very. I mean, it's strawberry's a, it red, blood is red. Stretch. Um, yeah. Strawberry shortcake is good stuff, though. I mean, if you if you're into that type of I thing, mean, they'd probably be selling this somewhere at that uh, at that barbecue joint. I bet they're at the Texas barbecue joint. I bet oh, maybe that's a good some... point. I mean, in all seriousness, Edmonds makes good stuff. We've had it plenty of times. Um, it's yeah. kind of a common common one to find here in Florida, but. Um, yeah, if, if if you can find Edmonds around you in your area, definitely check them out. They're really, really good. Yeah, they haven't disappointed before, so I saw this one. I was like, you know what? That one's funky. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna use it for an episode, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get it and try it out. And lo and behold, it's uh it's been sitting in my fridge for a little bit, so it's time to go. You can tell when Nick and I like get down to the nitty gritty when it comes to our <laughs> beers because we drink all the good ones for the podcast and yeah. then we leave the ones that really don't make any sense. Yeah, no, we're like uh, horror wise, and we just never drink them. It's like we'll go on a, we'll definitely go on a shopping spree, and then yeah. on week five and six, we're like, oh, and this is, uh, you know, it kind of ties in. Come on, give it to me. I'm like, nah, that's nah, a stretch. I just wanted this. Just was a good beer. All right, so let's dive in. Unmasking the Hard Tour. We started out. We did the 8.30. We started. Um, so you bright got like, and early. Yeah, bright and early. You got like a 30-minute check-in period where we kind of check in. And then 9 o'clock hits, and you are off and running. So we started out with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, man, going at nighttime and then going in the morning time, the difference in temperature that you feel in these houses because they pump these ACs constantly is... Uh, 
is a true feat to yeah, keep that big area that cold. Yeah, it's, it is it's freezing. It's definitely a difference in temperature, only because it's not a million people, mm-hmm. you know, body to body. Um, but you're right. It just logistically, it's it's kind of insane to think that they keep these these big buildings pumping full of air all day long, and then all night long, and for however many you know nights of the of the month. So I mean, I guess when they say that they make more money doing Halloween Horror Nights. Than the rest of the year. I mean, it's got to go somewhere, and I think a lot of it goes to just their electric bill because they can't imagine that that's that's low. Yeah, but you're right; they're really really cool. But so getting into the Texas house, um, I don't know from my own personal perspective if it changed how I feel about the house. No, okay. Um, I do. I mean, I like the effort that went into making it. There's some aspects of the house that I think are really ingenuitive. I like how they build the custom flooring when you walk in the house. So it feels like you're in an old creaky house. Yep. So some of those classic, you know, doesn't take a lot of um, engineering to make the feeling change a little bit or, or give you the ambiance. So I, I do like that. Um, but I just, I still don't think there's any, there's, there's enough to really make me go, Ooh, you know, I definitely uh, have, have a change of heart. Yeah. There was a couple cool things. So, like, you start out in that exterior of the chainsaw area, and you get those little gas pumps. It's one thing that I remember that they mentioned on the tour was that the gas pumps were actually the pumps from the Jaws ride yeah, that so they had left in storage. And it's they one of the just cool little factoids. Little paint job there, and we're, we're good to go. Also, in that little entranceway is a caged-up armadillo. And that armadillo makes an appearance at a different house every year it's kind of like a little easter egg so if you if you have heard about him in the past and you haven't been finding him this year that's where he's located keep an eye out for him that front part of this texas house but i think after going through this tour it did make me appreciate some of the scares and stuff like that 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 go into this house a little bit more um the whole area where they're they're sparking on the exterior of the what is like the hallway windows is a cool little like way of distracting you before giving you the actual scare on the opposing boo hole side. Yeah. Now is a, a fun little I, I like ingenuity in the scares and where it's not just somebody popping out, it's somebody like creating smart you know, actually pretty much I think what he said was a reference. It's it's kind of like a little it's like the top of those bumper carts. Yeah. You, know, you always a see spark the sparks. It creates sparks. Yeah. So it touches metal. Like I I like that. It's it's something different. It's it's you know Yeah, I mean I think what we learned through all of the six houses that we walked through, they do a really good job of probably doing what I would call a setup scare in the sense that they want you to think that something's gonna happen one way or out of a certain boo hole, whatever they want to call them. Mm-hmm. And then something else completely happens something completely different happens. Or how it forces you to the actual scare. So I, I do like how that works. And in that situation, in that particular case, the sparks are supposed to grab your attention and pull your eyes away from the door that opens and scares you, yep. you know, to your to your left. So that, that is definitely cool. I like how that they reused some of the earlier Texas stuff. So like the walls, the the the, the house has changed a little bit. So you used to go a certain way. You used to take like a right. Now and then you they go change through. it. You're going a different direction. Yep. Um, you didn't go through the red door way before now you do so there's definitely some the things that they've changed from the last time i think are really cool um i just feel like there's certain parts of it that if i didn't go through the tour i would just the whole event miss 
yes the whole time and i'm sure that's i'm sure that with every house i think back about it a lot um but you definitely i I think you definitely are missing certain things when you don't get a chance to see it with the lights on because there's just things that are like oh this is here and this is here Mm -hmm. um and i know that some of it's just there to be to be hidden like the act which he suggests. So if you're, oh, so, yes, so yeah. if you're walking, so we're walking into the little pig area, into the little to, yeah, behind the the, the butchery, pen. and where all the pig pen, the pig, pig pigs are. There's an axe on your right as you around a corner, and that axe is actually the axe from the Shining House, uh, the one that um, Jack was holding in that house. So some of those th- those things are cool, where they're like hiding props from previous scares and previous houses, but you wouldn't really know that unless a you're a HHN historian or you're a tour guide and you're doing a tour. Yeah, and the other cool stuff is that whole pig room kind of came from the Correct, idea yeah. of we have extra props, what can we do with these and then why do they have a bunch of extra pig props from all the years that they used to do the saw houses. So it's kind of a fun little they've they've crossed over. We have a saw Texas chainsaw massacre crossover for houses based off just those pigs. Yeah, which is that that's cool. I do like that. I also like that this house wasn't fully 100% Texas Chainsaw 1. It pulled the other characters like Chop Top and stuff from 2 and kind of created that whole family atmosphere. You know, I like I like Chop Top's bedroom, that like hippie psychedelic area with Grandpa yeah. sitting in the chair, which is funny because there's a picture of Grandpa in the front kitchen, but the picture that they have hanging up is just the picture of the statue of Grandpa sitting in the room. If you look close enough into the picture, the picture you can see the poster that is behind him in the wall in the actual house itself. So they just someone just went, took a picture of the the figure, the statue, printed it, and put it on the wall. It was just a quick little thing. And apparently, also the um, the Hewitts shop at Publix because one of the little uh, salt shakers or one of the little seasoning things in the kitchen area still has the Publix label on there. So I don't know if they have Publix in Texas or not. Uh, well, I guess they do. But now they do. But overall, I think I definitely got a much bigger appreciation for the house. There's a, there's a lot more little tidbits that they had given to us, but I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily spill everything. But a couple little fun things that we, we remember is, is fair enough for sure. So after Texas, we went over to the Icon's house. We did do Icon's second, yep. Which again, very cold. Very, very, very cold. cold. This, this one... Um, again, I think this is where you and I are going to sp- differ a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. This is the one that really made me appreciate the house a ton more. Oh, for sure. I'm um, on board with that. Yes. Be- yeah, because like like I was saying in our when we went through our ranking- rankings again, um, when the lights are off and the-, the scares are going, it's a fun house, but it's really hard to understand what's going on because I'm not someone that knows or knew a lot about the lore. But the tour... Definitely opened my eyes to a lot of that information. So now I have a really good understanding of where these characters came from. Um, so there's a lot of things that are kind of cool about the various aspects of this house. And again, we're not going to go through everything because we don't want to ruin it for everybody. But I think initially the cool thing that I learned in the very first room through the uh, facade is that that is that that facade is Fear's Lantern. Mm-hmm. Opened up. So, and... what the idea of this house is is that us as fans have found a way to go into Fear's lantern, and we are seeing the icons in their natural mm-hmm. uh, realm like down below, which yep. is really kind of cool. That really um, made me appreciate that house a lot more, and it probably will 
bring it up a little bit in my rankings. And which is cool too, that whole, if we're looking at the facade, I'm sure everyone has seen at this point, but it does spell out icons on the top in the little vine style yes, woodwork. Yes, look, look for that up in the top. We also have all of Fear's totems that are scattered through the entranceway. So all the icons, obviously we know from past lore, Fear has a totem in which he uses those to control them. But I think the two people, I think Chance and Lady Luck were not around when Fear was, so they now have totems as well. So those two kind of got retroactively added at this point. Again, like you said, we enter Fear's Lantern, and we're kind of greeted from... At that point, I think it's just kind of like a little mix match of different icons. I think you see Jack behind this uh, little area. You see Fear walking back and forth on the stilts. And then the first room you go through is Lady Luck, which was pretty interesting that it, it's that's who they start the show with, which is really cool. Um, but, I mean, it is, it is interesting to find out some of the things that kind of come from her room. One, the wheel is the wheel they used in the commercial back when she did her house. Yep. Which is really which is cool. Which interesting because I would think it's just a, a prop. Yeah, I would just assume it's just some prop they built, but it's actually the one they used in the commercial. And it's the same effect from the commercial where they're shining a light behind it to give some of that effect where the light's coming through the wheel uh, through the wheel itself. So that's really cool. I, I like that. Um, I still don't like the masks. I think you and I agree on that. Yeah, one. the Lady Luck masks are they, a little... They, feel, they definitely feel a little meh. A little like not they, great. Yeah, they're like cheap almost, and I, I hope it's not what they were going for. But they definitely don't feel like universal compared to some mm-hmm. of the other mm-hmm. costumes that they have. Um, but it's still really cool to kind of see some of how that works, like the ticket taker, which you don't even realize he's really there. But if you think, of, I mean, not a ticket taker, but the the chip, the the chip guy where you turn your money in, oh yeah, yep. whatever. Um, you don't really realize, I think, in the house itself when you're walking through it at night that he's there unless he happens to try to scare you. Mm-hmm. But the, some of the effects they use of that that are really simple, like making the bars loose so when they jump at you, the bars will make a lot of noise. Yep. It's, that, that stuff is really cool. Um, so yeah, this it is interesting they start with her. Well, they don't really start with her. They start with Jack and... Yeah, it's like, and, well, Caretaker was there too. And yeah. It's like a... That front is kind of like a, I would say, entrance way. And now this is kind of going into the individual houses houses amongst the maze essentially but what was interesting too the first night when i went going to lady luck and you see that the guy on the wheel has the lady luck shirt and you're like oh that's super cool and i never really understood it fully so the story that we were brought in on is that each icon is essentially torturing and killing one of their super fans one of their super fans found a way to travel to fear's lantern much like we as the guests are and their super fans are killed and tortured by the people that they love the most, which is pretty ironic. So that is the reason why you're going to see random shirts. And if you look close enough in each of the zones or areas that the icons have their domain in, they are killing somebody or there is somebody dead in there with the shirt of their year. So Lady Luck, obviously the guy on the wheel, has a HHN 21 shirt on. There's, there's other ones. I think the director's in there with his uh, 2006 shirt. There's a girl that's in one of the bathtubs and stuff like that. So just keep an eye on that the next time you go through. Really cool. So like I mentioned, after Lady Luck, you go through the little director area, which I, I like the way that they combined the two. So when you're leaving Lady Luck, above the walkway is like almost like a slot machine little pinwheel thing. 
and eventually it will stop on three cameras and it will say the director and then that's how you kind of progress into the next room the killing here was really cool it's got the the girl in the in the tub that he's filming and it's very interesting that one of another little it's not i don't want to say inventive because it's really just a light but i do like the scare where it's like the silent director where it's dark and he just kind of opens the blind and he's got the camera with the light on it I thought that I always think that that's pretty interesting. Yeah, right there. and the one thing about the director's uh, scene, um, if you happen to walk through at the right time, and it's really kind of subtle, and you probably don't think about it, but if you if you are like looking for it, you'll you'll notice it is when he turns on his electric, you know, to shock the kid in the bathtub, the floor will actually vibrate a little bit, so like you can feel it in your feet. So it feels like you're almost getting shocked too. So. It's kind of subtle, really hard to, to notice if you're not thinking about it, but or maybe you do notice it, but you just subconsciously don't think about it because you're not looking for it. Um, if you do look for it when you're walking through that area, that is kind of you know a cool little subtle thing that they added in there. And yeah, I do like their props, the, the camera prop. Now from there, we go into the movie theater and the usher. Yes, right? the usher area, which is... Interesting because we're kind of greeted to that by the dead usher just hanging up in the rafters. Yeah, which is part of his story. Yep, uh, he gets caught up in the in the the weighted ropes for a like the um I don't know what you would call it, but like when you pull up the uh, I don't know, uh, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, you, you guys, everyone knows what I'm talking about. When, he, either way, he gets hung by ropes, yeah. <laughs> and that's what that that is referencing. And then you got the. I, I I love this little area with him going through the actual movie theater with like the popcorn all over the floor. Yeah, this might be my favorite scene. You got the kid with like <laughs> it's stuffed popcorn, and the scares are just pretty much just the usher saying "shh, quiet, shh," and he's just shushing everybody. And I wish I could just go into that room and just kind of sit down and <laughs> just watch people come through that because it's just it's a classic little thing. You know, they they got movie posters that pull from the Slaughter Cinema franchise, so you have like a Tonka attack of the swamp yetis and stuff like that so i i really like that and then i've seen the scare happen really well but the usher standing behind the concession stand just extremely still so still that people think he's essentially just a prop and then he just kind of does that little lunge forward where it's like ah fuck got me yeah i like that i mean that might be my favorite scene in that whole house um, and the thing I love too is the smells in this. The smells they've done a very good job of like differentiate. You know, the usher yeah. smells like popcorn. The down tuned and warbled. You know, Let's all go to the lobby. Like yep. that. Like that. It, it must be like the movie guy in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you and I are very much we, the we same. We love movies. We love going to the movie theaters. So that whole like just that whole ambiance of of going to a movie theater and taking that and warping it into a weird gross grotesque mm-hmm. um i think it's really cool and i think i mean it it does give the usher a little bit more to work with i think he's i mean at, overall i think he's a little boring but at the same time i think that scene just i don't know it says something like i just love that whole the whole yeah. it works together so well he's definitely like you said i think he is a very basic not as flushed out or loved icon but because it's so movie oriented that's why i always gravitate towards him and director as my favorites versus some of the others that have these very extensive backstories and in a long catalog of houses that they've previously been entwined with 
that's why I still gravitate towards the other two, just because I like the movie aspect. But they are very basic, and, and they don't have a lot in-depth storyline, I'd say, at this point. But I brought up the whole scent scene area because the next room we go to is the caretaker, which is a very cool like intro into his world where it's the casket and you got the roses and that, that very distinct rose smell, which is super cool. You walk past through that little area and then we're greeted by the caretaker who is just using his tools to just cut up and dismantle this body right in front of us. And what was... The, I forget the little tidbit that they mentioned, but what was the? There was something on all the tags, all the toe tags. Where was it? The year his. I think it was the year that they added him. Okay, that's, if I remember yeah. correctly, because it was O two. I think that they added him. Yeah, so it was to, so two. I think it was two thousand two. Is like on all the tags. Yeah, for the death and not dates only and stuff that, like that, somebody I guess in creative said they they think that they would, that they had still had the doctor's bag from his commercial way back when the original one yeah. they did they found it and it's actually underneath one of the gurneys going through that that part so if you if, if you look as you're walking around um the caretaker himself and look down underneath one of the gurneys with the bodies on it the bag that's there that bag is that bag is the original bag from the commercial i don't to be honest with you like i like the caretaker i think he's cool um that's that scene bores me a little bit because i think it's just kind of like out, like over like overdone like it's okay yeah, yeah you know he's chopping harvesting up, for organs blood, yeah. dead guys like i i, I mean it's it's gory it's ugh, but it, i mean and i like that stuff but it is a little boring it took me a little a few minutes to figure out it took me a couple of tr- times going through the house actually to figure out exactly what we were walking into with the casket and then i realized oh it's a funeral home this makes a lot more sense yeah. now um but I'm not a huge fan of that scene. I think it's I think it's okay, but it's not my favorite. Yeah, it do, it's not the top for me. So we leave that room and we start going through this like little investigative, or it, it just looks like a little back closet with like a phone. There's a chainsaw, and then there's a little uh, Jack in the Box J A C K box, which again I think is one of the original props that they they ended up pulling from the archives and putting yeah. in the house. But we walk through these three little sectioned off rooms and this always drove me nuts because when I was going through the house obviously I can catch the one that the nameplate says Eddie yep and I was like god okay so what are these other ones like I gotta I can I never get time because I think that's where somebody's actually stationed in the house to tell you to keep going there is so I can't like push behind them like you can't look at the doors but but one of the names was Davy Hughes interesting enough which is ironic our uncle's David Hughes David Hughes so no no relation to us, but just found that it was interesting. And I think he was just a backstage kind of someone behind the scenes for Horror Nights. And then I, I forget the backstory of the other one, but the other one is says Bobby the Blade. Does that ring any bells for you? Mm, I forget exactly what that story is, but it is someone that works for works for it. Okay. I, I think he was one of the original creatives. I I'm not, I don't remember exactly. You'll have to go on the tour to find out for, for sure. I, yeah. I forget what the story was. But the door that we walk into, the open door, is Chance's room. Yes. So we're going through there, which is fun because you walk by a sign that says run, but it's kind of covered by just fabric and stuff. But that was run from a few years ago where it was supposed to be that Eddie house. Yep. And it's kind of just, it's fun that it's just making reference to it but acknowledging that it was just kind of left in the ruins yeah and, and he also and, said that a lot of the props in that area were also from jack's stage show 
Yep. So just so, leftover stuff. So there's a lot of leftover props that they kind of made it fit in mm. that area. And if you look into the little padded psychotic room is, again, a fake body with somebody wearing the HHN 26 Chance shirt and has like a little brown bag over the head with the Jack and a bunch of knives in it. So now we know that we're entering pretty much Chance's and Jack's little area. So we kind of go through those little areas, and then we are greeted by the throne, the finale of the house. And it's interesting enough because all the way at the very top, no matter what night, if you, it's it's tough to see in the dark, but at the very top there is a essentially Jack the Clown, yes. kind of subtly hinting and saying that regardless of who is on the throne, Jack is always on top. So it's it's a nice nod. It's kind of a way to. Also, it's bringing fear down on a little bit of a level, too. Because I think moving forward now, the the idea is that fear is just like another icon. It's no longer he is the the master, you know, the puppet master. He's kind of just another icon, which is nice. Because I, I was never a big fan of retroactively saying that there's this guy who is, like, the greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, the story that was given, and I think we knew this ahead of time anyways, was that they got to a point where they're like, what can we do that can top a lot of what we've already done? Like, what is what is there left to fear, essentially? And, like, the famous quote is always, uh, always uh, reiterated, the only thing left to fear is fear itself. And that's kind of where that story came from. Um, but you're right. I think that kind of putting all of the icons on a level playing field was a good idea. I'm still kind of finger crossed, hoping that the pumpkin lord becomes a, an yep. icon, but we'll see what happens. An adopted icon, and it was interesting too because he was telling us how they decided on Jack the Clown when they were first trying to figure out is an icon a thing? Do we do we need an icon? And they, they kind of did a little survey and they asked everybody, you know, are clowns scary? And, and everyone pretty much said yes, but they were kind of still, are you sure? So they kind of did a mock design of Jack the Clown. And they brought him up to Lake Eola, and they just sat him on a bench and just filmed and watched him for hours. And nobody went next to this guy. Nobody went next to Jack the Clown. And then Jack ended up renting one of the little swan boats and was riding around in one of the paddle boards. And it's, the pictures are out there. So if you do search online, you can find pictures of Jack up at Lake Eola in one of the swan boats. This was during the trial period of if Jack is scary enough to actually be an icon. And then wouldn't you know... All these years later, all these scares later, it still holds up. Clowns are still scary. The throne scene. So that was, it, it does rotate every 45 minutes. We actually locked out and we did see, I, I, I'm not sure if you were with me, but when I went through once, I saw a cast change at the throne. So they kind of like do a little I did fake happen scuffle. To see, I don't know if it was like, I know that you I know what you're going, where you're going, where you're going is that. If you happen to be lucky enough to walk through as they're changing, mm-hmm. the two characters will usually do something. Like they'll they'll act a little bit with each other. Yeah, I went through. The other person had just left, and we were waiting for someone to come out. Or not waiting, but like we were kind of just walking by, and the usher comes out. Yep. At the you know at the very last second, but I haven't seen like the interaction between the two. Yep, I've seen like a little fake scuffle, and it, it was interesting because I think one of the times when I went through the house, it was during like a shift change, so like. Every time I got to an area, I saw, like, two jacks, two caretakers, two directors kind of doing the, like, 
opening the little boo door, tap on the shoulder, be like, hey, bud, time to go. All right, cool. I'll see you. But it was it was an interesting little exchange that they had at the end. After Icons, we took a little break, and then we traveled all the way over to Scary Ohio, which this is one that there's a lot of Easter eggs in here, and so we're not going to spill everything mostly because I probably don't remember everything at this point because two weeks out, this one has a lot of Easter eggs. So, yeah, I think this one, much like the Icons house, seeing it, seeing it like with the lights on definitely helps me appreciate it a little bit more. Not as much as the Icons house. I still think it's a little bit of a, like, amalgamation of big, like, just jumbling together of, of ideas and i think that's fine for the ret- for, for the retro and the, and the and feeling nostalgic but as far as the story is concerned there's not there's not really a story to it but it was kind of cool learning some of the interest like the little tidbits here and here here and there about the different scenes i remember some of it i know when we first walk in it's the the sewers with the what they call the Scalders. Scalders, yep. And I did ask the tour guide because I had to know, is that a combination of Scully and Mulder from the F- uh, X-Files? And he said that they don't that they don't outwardly admit, like they don't say that, but he has said before that they've talked internally and they've asked that, you know, does this have something to do with the X-Files and that the potentially it could have been when they had done that initial house back in the day. Um, that someone that was a huge fan of the X Files kind of got that mixed in because I think he said that like there are um, there's an episode with monsters or aliens that look very much like they look very the similar to those what they yeah what they pulled from so who knows I mean I think that's really cool I'm not a huge X Files guy but that I think that's a really cool little tie in it's fun when there's tie ins like that um, and then we go from there over to I think the little area with the wine dot estate. Yes, yeah, so we go into the wine out of state. Spirit Seekers area. And Pazuzu or whatever. Not Pazuzu, but... Um, yeah, no. Paz- is it Pazuzu? Yeah, yeah. So the same demon that was from The Exorcist is is actually pictured in that room, which is pretty interesting over there, which is cool. Um, and they actually have, back when they did the actual like Legendary Truth, uh, different houses and stuff like that, when they would give the guests the... Like the little RFD cards, there was and a go little scan and yeah, stuff like there that. Was a, there was a game, like like a little like inside game going on amongst those in the know, and you would get an RFID card, and you could scan it on certain things to gain points for whatever team you joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually have one of the units in that room that they used to scan. So those that remember that from that year will see it and go, "Oh, that's cool." Someone like me who doesn't know what it is. Um, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Whenever I've thought twice about it. Um, so I forget where we go from here. I think we go from from Wyandotte so to we go, Schoolhouse. Well, so we go we go into the attic, right? And then there's that oh, really yep. cool... They have this like really cool effect where they put up a mirror so it looks like you're kind of just looking at an empty room, but as you walk around, you don't see the scare actor hiding behind the mirror. So it's a kind of cool little simple effect that... that is kind of it's really effective um and then we go from the attic into oh man what are we what are i we think schoolhouse the schoolhouse i think it's the schoolhouse the schoolhouse like kind of the crash site essentially you got the the girl in the little chicken mask and then again another little prop that's kind of laying on the ground is a little red tricycle 
and where do all the little red tricycles come from and why do they have all these props left over the saw house from the saw house again from what's the i think his name is billy i think billy is the uh, little puppet's name I don't know Jigsaw's puppet. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but the schoolhouse scene again is pretty cool. And then from there we go into sort of that. I think because it's kind of burning down. You have that. So that you go into the actual smell. schoolhouse, and you yeah, you get the smell of like the house burning down, which is really. I mean, again, we always talk about the sensory differences. We love the different sensory mm-hmm. aspects of these houses, and yeah, so you it smells like it's burning down. Um, it looks like it's all burnt to a crisp, and this is where we get Cindy Kane for the first time. Like. Yep in person in a house which is awesome so look out for her um and this is kind of a reference to her orphanage area yeah and there's paint not paintings but uh Kids children's drawings, drawings yep. all over the walls and there are some really creepy ones there's one <laughs> with literally just a little stick figure of like cindy with like little dead bodies in a burnt burnt house and stuff like that and yeah we were told that like all these pictures were actually drawn by the creative team when they were doing up the room mm-hmm. so they and were just like drawing creepy kids like drawings and a lot of their names were actually on there's a board yes, over there like a, a chalkboard, chalkboard where they, yep. they wrote their actual names on there as yeah. kind of like a little easter egg that nobody will ever know but yeah. now you will know yeah you'll know their I mean, names you, are out you, there you really can't read it in the dark you yeah. don't really see it, but with the lights on, it is there, yeah. Now, I think moving forward, we hit the HR Blood and Guts area because those yeah. are some of the next photos that I have. So I'm just kind of scrolling. Yep. Nope. Trying we, to... go, we go into the the, the TV station. WKNB, yep. Cary, Ohio, channel yep. 21. So there's a couple things to keep an eye out when you first walk in there. One, if you look onto the, to the right on the shelf, if you didn't see this, there's a bunch of VHS tapes, and those VHS tapes have some of the original like HR Blood and Guts shows or movies that they used to put on. Yeah, Fourth of July, yep. Dead President's Day, Get Lucked, I think Thanksgiving, VD2, The Recurrence. I can't really read all those. Yeah, just keep an eye out for that. And then when you walk into like the set area behind the set, there's all those costumes. Um, one of the costumes hanging on the rack is an original Jack costume from when the his, first year that they had polka him. polka dot one. Yep. yep. Yeah, we have that, and then we also have the little shelf of all these like little Christmas toys and and stuff like that, and Easter eggs, you know, literal Easter eggs because they're all tying Actual into Easter the, eggs. <laughs> yeah, tying into that. But again, what are all these props from? Well, what Christmas house did they have? And that would be Krampus. So a lot of these, they got some snow globes, nutcrackers. And they actually have the little gingerbread Krampus guy up on that shelf, if you look closely enough. And then another little homage that they did was, if you look on that shelf as well, there is a, looks like a little cauldron with pink cobwebs coming out. Very reminiscent of the cotton candy from Killer Clowns of Outer Space. So, a fun little tie-in there. And then, we're starting to hit these like heavy hitters now. So, we go from the HR Blood and Guts into... Meets meat, which is again a very cool little area where the I forget the names that they had up there, but you had actually you had Sam meat. And, I don't remember. Well, they, they they took the picture. Essentially, they one of the scare actors from years ago that portrayed Sam meats. I think it was has his picture in in the actual house still, like two year you know, or two different times all these years later. That's kind of he's taken on the personification of this little thing from the Sam Sam meets to to take over this 
little spot. And then what was the little info about the phone? Oh, so the phone... They, was from the Halloween house? Yeah, so they bought it for the Halloween 4, I think. Halloween 4, it Halloween sounds right. 5. Um, one of those particular movies, that particular house. And they, they, I guess they went to great lengths to find this phone. This one looks, specific thing. Because it looks like the phone from the movie. Um, and they put it in that room. And they just, I think it's one of those things with the creatives like, you know, hey, point this out in the tour because like it's really cool and super obscure and we think it's funny and it, it is it's kind of a cool little little day little thing but no one would ever really know unless again you're a super fan you've been to every year and you remember from that house particularly that that's the phone that was there yeah and then we finish off the house just walking through there's a couple i don't think there's another room room but there's well, the dead security th- guards so yeah we go through the the behind the meets meets so you find out like what the meets really made of that's the ongoing joke. And then, yeah, you go to the security guard, which I guess is, from what he said, like a combination of the prison. They did some sort of prison thing in, in, in Carrie and then something else. Like the Shady Brook yeah, facilities and Yeah, it's like a like combo. I, I, will, I will admit, I feel like this is really left. Like it feels almost like it's just, like it ends too quickly. Yeah. Like I, it feel like there's, like you see that part and you're like, oh, like, now we're going to go through a prison? That's awesome. And then it just kind of ends. And it ends. So it feels a little undone for yeah. me. Um, and that's for someone who's never really seen much of the carry stuff up up close. Um, so I feel like that could have been done a little bit more with, but I think they needed something to close that, that last little bit of area. So they kind of threw that, they threw that in there for, you know, the super fans. But I don't know, but I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just kind of yeah, how I... I, I really want to like the house, but it is... It just does feel messy to me still. It feels, I mean, I don't want, it It does feel a little incomplete at the end. I get that it's very fun and stuff like that, but well, I, I think time will tell through the end of the season. We still have another month or so left to for me to. I'm not going to lie to you. I think parts of it is too dark. Yeah, because um, there's think, a lot of great stuff that. Like the schoolhouse is too dark. It's really hard to even see Cindy. I mean, you can see her. And it's a one spot thing. Though. And it's so fast. You're moving so quickly, like they don't really give you time to appreciate it. Um, that part's too dark. The beginning's too dark. The sewers are really, really dark. Yeah. Um, so there's just there's certain like there are points where we'll get to it, like in certain houses where darkness works, and then there's certain parts in certain houses like that one that I think it's just too dark. You're missing too much because of the fact there's not enough light to see a lot of it. No, that totally totally makes sense. So, then from Cary, Ohio, we ventured all the way over to Wicked Grove, the realm of the pumpkin. Well, that's before we, you know, that's after we ate our gigantic cookies. And yes, we had our giant, our very, our, our two Should large cookies. Should never have bought three cookies, but that's besides the point. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Yeah, no, that was rough. So, yeah, we walked all the way over to the other side of the park, and we did Wicked Growth. Was that yep. the next one? Which is interesting from the outside. There's a couple cool little factoids just from before we even entered the house was... All these little pumpkins that are are laid out for us. Yeah, all the jack lanterns were actually carved by somebody. By one, well, well they no, it wasn't by, by one, one dude. Apparently, they 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 found, and this is the story that we were told. And again, I don't want to give away too much from the tour, but apparently, they found some dude that's local, kind of a crafts guy, and they said, "Hey, we need so many pumpkins." And he was like, "Well, how many pumpkins do you need carved?" And they're like, 500. <laughs> He's like, uh, and this is one dude in his yeah, basement. This is they, literally like one dude, like but uh, you, doing a side side gig. <laughs> but Universal didn't know that. They thought it was just like a company, like a legit company. Nope, it was just one dude. So he decided to, <laughs> and it was too good to pass off. 
the opportunity. So he took the order on still, and he threw a giant block party, and he <laughs> made his entire like neighborhood just carve these random pumpkins. So, yeah. so it's cool to appreciate is when you walk when you're walking into the entrance of this house, is to appreciate all of the various jacklands because they weren't just like mass produced by some machine. Like somebody took the time to sit down and actually carve that face. So that's to me that's really really awesome. Like, I that's, love that that's fact. That's probably the best story we got all day. Um, I really love that idea that they were like, "Hey, man, we need 500." We're not gonna, we say they. We mean Universal Studios, like this gigantic conglomerate, big big company, goes to this one dude and says, "Hey, man, we need 500 jack lanterns," and he comes out of he goes out of his way to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Um, so I appreciate anyone that happens to be listening that actually is one of the people that did it. Not to say that that's true, but you know that's awesome. That really is really cool. So that and that's just walking in. That's that's like the very outside of the house. Like yeah. There's so much going on in this house. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Like this, I, I think at this point, Wiki Growth has kind of cemented itself as my favorite house. It's um, there's gonna take a lot to going knock through this it off. two or three times now. Um, seeing the tour of it with the lights on, it's just it's again not to get off track, but it's got the best story out of all the ten houses. And that, I'll fight anybody that disagrees with me. Like that's my my opinion. I totally think that it's the best story out of all of them. I think it's got the best ambiance. It's the best lit. It's just it's got the best scares. It's just it's an awesome. It's such an awesome house. But yeah, so we're walking into that little area. We get into the very early the facade. One thing to look out for is in the lattice work on the top of the porch. There are three X's for thirty. Yep. Not pornography. Thirty. Thirty. The number thirty. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, obviously, the famous fence scare that everybody is raving about where you think it's a fence and the guy sticks his hand through. Brilliant. Make, Brilliant. Yeah, they make liberal use of the soft, looks solid material scare. I think it's just it, it's such a good idea because it got me. It's got Nick. It's got Nick's girlfriend. It's oh, got everybody that we've gone times. through with. Me knowing um, that it's there too. Yeah, and knowing that it's happening, it still gets me every time. Um such an awesome scare. I don't remember all of the stories he told about this particular part. So but... one, yeah, one of the tough things that like you don't get from this house just by walking through is the actual story of it. So the story is essentially that there's these two witches that are trying to grow the pumpkin lord or grow a pumpkin lord. The four ingredients needed, and hopefully I can remember these, was, um, I believe it was... Uh, bones, blood. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Screams and fear. Fear, and then there's a couple other things too. So I think those were the four: bones, blood, screams, and fear. I could be wrong, but that's why at the very entrance, when you go through the actual house, house portion, like we're we're in that little area after the the grab through the the grates and stuff like that. There's in blood it says fear the pumpkin lord. Because they need you to fear the pumpkin lord in order to to grow him. And one of the most interesting tidbits that they told us was about the vinings, the vine work in here. So if you notice, when you start this house, the vines are very small and very frail. Especially like the little lady that's <laughs> dead on the porch that's held there. The vines are very small. But as the house progresses, the vines on the walls get bigger and bigger to signify that the pumpkin lord is is growing stronger and stronger and and coming nearer to us and and that was a, a small little thing that 
I would never have picked up had I just walked through. Yeah. And, and I did walk through, and I, I would never notice that. And if I did notice that, I would have just said, like, oh, that's cool. It's really big here. I would never say, huh, I wonder why. And, well, that's why. So we go through a lot of little cool areas. I mean, the kitchen setup in this little area, this room is awesome, which if you, if you don't catch it because it's dark and they're a little smaller, if you look down to the little bottom pantry area, the cans and stuff like that are moving. There are spinning like that, and there is a little trash can sound too that ends up spinning the trash moves can. And stuff, yeah. And you can hear like a cat, like, like yeah. it, you know, like a little cat scampered. I mean, this house is is Halloween. I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's pumpkin, just, witches, it's goblins, so well put together. There's there's everything in this house, and I think one of my favorite scares. Of, of all houses is in this house. And this is, we're walking through the little wickery area leading up to what looks to be the outside of a barn, which is very reminiscent to Scarecrow. And if you look to the right, there's three panels. There's the three like little wicker fence panels. It's, 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 lattice, it's lattice work. And this is the, and the same middle one is the, the lattice fence, work. Yeah. And, and I think the favorite one was I went through with our, with our uncle Kevin. And when we went through this house, he got it. He got every good scare yeah <laughs> and this one he could see he could see the guy in there he knew it was gonna and he, happen and too. he was and he was leaning forward because this was the first time he went there he was leaning forward he was looking at him and the guy the scare actor lunges forward <laughs> and almost barrels kevin over and that and he just looked back immediately was like oh he got me that one got me i was like oh this one i mean they go all out in this yeah, house and he, it's cool because you can tell the characters know that this is the fan favorite and they're going yeah. hard every night yeah i mean you can definitely feel the energy from certain characters in certain houses like the characters know that this is a popular one um i feel like they try a little bit harder when they know that either they're in a popular house or they're not in an IP where they're not getting as much foot traffic. Um, but it's just so well put together. Matt, the tour guy, did say that this is kind of their homage to the Scarecrow house, at mm. least as part of it. Um, and the idea that they try to force you closer to the scares and kind of get into your personal space. Because that's what's going to make you feel uncomfortable is things getting within your personal yeah, bubble. And that's what Scarecrow did so well. And one of the right. interesting, fun things was... He was talking about the construction of Scarecrow, and they're like, well, due to, you know, um, for, for handicap reasons, you have to make, and I don't know the exact number, but you have to make the pathways. They have to be so wide. wide. Right. So they're like, okay, well, we can only obstruct so much. And then they're like, wait, if, you know, if you can fit a wheelchair wide wise, what's the height cutoff? So they started building props that would come out out at a certain at whatever that maximum height allowance was that would force people that were walking to either go to the right or go to the left or duck under it and what they would do is if you're ducking to the right to go under something they would have a scare ready for you on the right so it was just a real fun play of like how can we force you into this scare and how can that scare now force you to continue on the pathway that we want you to go. So it was a real interesting like psychology behind it, which is really cool. So we entered the little scarecrow portion of this house, which is definitely a scarecrow portion of this house because the costumes are the scarecrows from the scarecrow house. The other thing that is really cool is 
if you've caught onto it, there is a little farmer being pecked to death by crows. And yes, we did learn that that is a direct reference to Nathaniel Crow, one of those scrapped icons from years past. He was his story was essentially that he was going to he was a uh, a pumpkin farmer. He makes a deal with Jack. It goes awry and and ends up not so well for him. But he was essentially just a scrapped icon that made his way into this house and and kind of went from just HHN lore to HHN facts because now he's actually in the house. Next little area we're going through is the actual witch's room, which is cool because there's a couple references in there to the aforementioned Slaughter Cinema. There's actually a caged up beast baby that was in that room. I didn't notice that. Yep, in the back Hmm. room. And then I forget the other creatures but there are other creatures in cages above that are from one of the other slaughter cinema uh fake movies that they 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 mentioned but another cool thing about this room that i have yet to see but you have seen Uh, i did see so maybe you should talk about this one so he so the tour guide was saying uh that obviously the you know all the characters have little triggers that they can hit with their foot or whatever and it plays an audio clip and it you know makes a lot of that noise and the lights go off and everything else so the witches have their own audio track but i guess the the cauldron that's in this room is an older prop they were using from a different house and in the cauldron there's a boiling gentleman and this boiling gentleman actually comes up out of the cauldron and when that happens what they did to kind of like tie that into this house was that they gave the witch is a trigger that when they step on it, it's them going get back in and bang 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 and they and they they, they make whacking noises that whack the dude back into the into the cauldron, um, which I guess completely like you know interrupts and goes over like the like the regular voice track for this particular room. So it is kind of cool. He said you have to kind of catch it at the right point, but when we went through it last Sunday, um, we actually did manage to get that that part of it which is really kind of cool but yeah it's one of those little things where you don't really know that it happens unless you happen to be there at the right time no and i've seen like the the guy in the cauldron but i never thought was like i never thought he was more than just like a static prop i never would have imagined him being an actual motorized prop now the ending the pumpkin lord i i mean this this little area doesn't get it, it doesn't get better between the texture of like the little pumpkin flaps that they oh, have walking hanging through down. the big pumpkin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and at this point the vines have become like really, really big and thick and it's like, obviously you're inside a pumpkin. Um, you can kind of see pumpkin Lord as you're walking through this point and you're like, Oh, we're getting close to him. We're getting close to him. And then finally the payoff, when you actually get into the room of pumpkin Lord, his costume looks awesome. I love how they, combine like the little stage area to make it look like he's really like this much bigger than he really is yeah it's just such a good character he's there burping on you yeah <laughs> yeah you get you do get you get a little bit of wet once in a once in a while if they hit you in the right point but i do i really do like um that very last scene i think it's awesome it's the culmination it's 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 the payoff and boy does it pay off so after that we scooted over to puppet theater captive audience yep which just from the outside again what a beautiful facade yes yeah. aesthetically this house is beautiful is, is 
it's just unbelievably gorgeous. Um, I, like I said on our last ranking episode, I, this one was slowly knocking on the door as the top house. I don't think at this point it's going to happen, um, but it is definitely a really up there second place. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just because of how beautiful it is, um, how well put together the facade looks, how well put together, and how um you know how well it looks walking in. And then, of course, all the various little scenes throughout. Uh, it's just, it all adds up to, to a great, great house. Um, and, like, honestly, between Wicked Growth and Puppet Theater, it, it is such a gap between those two and the next, in the third of my list. It's just, these two, if I, if I was to go back to Halloween Horror Nights every night for the rest of the season, these would be the only two houses that I could, you know, mm-hmm. go to and be, and be happy. Yeah. Um, I just love it so much. But, yeah, it is such a beautiful, beautiful house. So obviously, just from the out front, they kind of stopped us out front, and you know you have the big sign, the grandeur sign, and it's coincidentally enough, the A and the D are on the ground, and they, they've they've fallen, and and obviously they've fallen for a reason because there's been an earthquake and it's destroyed this whole theater, trapping the whole puppet troupe behind. But it's very interesting that just A and D fell, and I I, I looked to either you or or Jamie, and I was like, hmm, A D. That's probably for arts department. <laughs> and lo and behold, the yep. arts department had pulled those. It's like a quick little, as a fun little nod to themselves that if, if you notice that the A and the D are missing, they are on the ground, but it, it does leave the spot blank. So it kind of gives you that little, it's just a fun little tidbit that they, they did for themselves. So, and I believe what they did say is this house is the largest that they've created inside of a tent. They've done the most with this little space that they've had. Yeah, what did they say about that? Well, the the um, one. Oh, well, right, because they have the tallest yeah, the one set room. piece. Yep. In in a pop up, so when you walk into the stage area, mm-hmm. they said that, like, that that's the largest enclosed set that they've ever done in a pop up tent. Yep. So when you walk in, you have that little opening on the left. You're walking forward, and there's a couple little booths, characters in those little areas, and then. One of my all-time favorite little HHN ingenuity scares is that little mirror mirror hallway. Oh, that's literally the best scare. It's it's up there with like that's up there with the Pumpkin Lord house with the you know the, the little gate crashing area. But this thing is awesome. The whole two-way, not really a mirror. It's just an it's exact an open, repl- it's, yeah, replication. It's, it's an open hole boo hole but it looks like a mirror because everything's reflected from the front side and i watched my brother get get hit with this one (laughs) and it was hilarious because he got him so good like i knew it was coming so i was waiting for it and it got him and he jumped probably 20 feet in the air it was it was the best and it's it really is one of the best effects and it's so simple it's crafted beautifully it's so simple you can't and you can't tell the difference and it took me like three or four times to go through where i was like is that a I was like, is there a, a drop-down window? Or like, and I'm like, no, no, you actually, it's just the same exact thing on the other side, just flipped. And it was just, I, it's such a, especially when it's dark, it's very easy to trick the eyes, but it's, it's a complete trick on you. Yeah. So you go through that area, and then you go through, I believe it's the clothing, the wardrobe area. You go through the wardrobe, Which, yep. again, there is a reference to Jack the Clown in there. There is a Jack there the is. Clown uh, costume. And again, another little great scare. And that's why I love this house so much is that each little room is so distinctly different. You know, you have like the little back 
backstage makeup area with the mirrors yep. and you go into costuming and designing and then from there i believe you funnel into the the orchestra area um, uh, well or no, is we, it the open go, room we go into the big open stage oh, go into the big first. open room okay yep which is fun because this is where this is the biggest room that they have created and also another little uh tidbit if you are looking for dead silence i believe the doll was the doll billy the doll is in this house i don't think he's on the stage um face down but i think he's in one of the little yeah, further i forget back where areas. he is but he is in there somewhere but those doll those other dolls that are on the stage were from the dead silence house i don't know if it's exactly billy or not but they are from that house but this room they mentioned one thing is a lot of these houses that you go into you're going to notice that you have what are called partial roofs and that is because if they were to build a full-on roof and like fully close you in they would have to rerun sprinkler systems down into that area because if anything happened the water wouldn't get down so that's why a lot of these rooms that you go through are partial partial rooms they they give you the feel of claustrophobia still but they are either not closed up completely or they have holes or, or something like that this room however they created that big big structure that's hanging up and it's like a collapsed centerpiece of the ceiling however it's so big it was blocking the the sprinkler system so they did have to create and run a different small pipe all the way down into that little area to cover the tracks for this room because it was a, a, a obstruction of sorts to that. But we follow through this room, and what's cool is now after this room, you know, it sets the stage, no pun intended, for this weird travel around the area or travel around the theater because it shows you, and, and it's going to be tough to kind of keep track of this, but it, it does show you the red uh, drapes for the actual theater, the curtain. Yeah. And then all the next rooms to come, you can see a curtain, which is supposed to be that curtain. So it gives you a reference as to which part of the theater you are currently in. So you go, I think to the next room is the little band room, which is the, the little bullpen area underneath. So if um. you look up, you can see... The curtain. Well, we, we've left we've left the big open with the stage, right? Yep. So the first thing we do is we go into underneath the stage where the trapdoor is. Okay. And the and the scare actor that's doing the Shakespeare routine with the actual severed head. Oh yes, yeah. Um, so he's in that and, that, and that that is an awesome set piece too because you've got the little spinning wheels on the right that are what open the trapdoor. Mm -hmm. You look up and like you said, you can see the curtain up and you can see like the upside of the stage and where he is, he's in that little elevator, that little trapdoor elevator that he's doing the, the whole scene with. And that's a really cool set piece. And then we walk around that and we go into where the, the band pit is and it's like the backside of that curtain. So, yep. So you can still kind of see where you're at, but man, there's some good kills in here. And it's a shame again, that this area is so dark because you got the guy killed by the clarinet. I know. Awesome. You know, the clarinet is back. <laughs> there's a big tuba and then on the, it's, it's on the ground, but there's, there's like a severed head that's still playing the tuba. And then you have the guy that the, the conductor that was still hung up on all strings because they couldn't just let him go. You, you know, the, the show can't, the show must go on. So you keep doing that. And another interesting thing about this house is you have all these instruments and all these crazy props, and there is only one real instrument in there, and it's the harp. 
Yes. The harp. It's an actual harp. For whatever reason, they found it necessary to purchase an actual harp, which is not cheap by any standards. It is not tuned mm. as of now, but it, it is real nonetheless. Um, and and that's, that's where we go from there. After that, you kind of go through this little area where all the puppets... I forget where he said they were bought from overseas or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I forget where, what country they came from, but they're legitimate like marionette puppets. Made like real ones. Yeah. So they were not they were not cheap and I'm sure the the great people in the arts department could have created some great little stuff, but I think they just wanted to go that real authentic route and and purchase those. So that brings us to our last house. So we are on to Hill House, which it's going to take a little bit for me to remember because this one, obviously being an IP and a Netflix property, uh, you're only allowed to take pictures in certain areas. So Yeah, we don't want to give away too much on this one, but um, it definitely helped me, much like the Icons house, This I appreciate this house a lot more after the tour. Not that I didn't like the house to begin with, uh, I just felt like I didn't do it at the right time. So this one definitely, I got a bigger appreciation for all of the work that went into it. Yeah, so when you first enter, obviously there's the little sign for Hell House or Hill House. Yeah, but right in your left. Scribble the hell over it. Um, there are four ghosts amongst us on the outside of the area of the house that will change. So if you look up to the top right, you have uh, the the mother and uh, Abigail was the, the little girl. Abby, yep. I think it is. Abby. So you get them. You also have the light flickering outside of the entrance of Hill House. Yep. And then you also have the house will illuminate to a red to kind yes. of show the, the demon of itself. So those are the four ghosts that sort of rotate through on this entrance. Now, you walk in. There's a red door right, like, immediately greeted by a red door. This isn't a, you know, this isn't, like, the main one, but it's a good one where it's, like, got the fog coming out. And you go down a long little hallway and what's interesting enough, they on all these doorway, on all the doors in this hallway, there's little doorknobs, and they they purchased these as exact replicas from the movies that they needed to get, and they were pretty pretty expensive. So when they got that on hand, that they decided that they could just probably make their own. So they ended up molding and creating. I don't want to say a cheaper version, but essentially a, a cheaper knockoff yeah, so they, version of they it. They took the one that they bought and they molded their own additional door handles, and they're all turning. Yep. So that's really cool. Um, there is a drop window in that room that gets me every time. But the idea of this house is that, like he was saying, is it want they want you to feel like you're going back and forth in time, like the show does. So that's kind of one of those how they tie the show into this particular house. So when you first walk in. Obviously, the house is old, but then the very first foyer is obviously new, so it's back in time, and it keeps kind of switching back and forth, which is kind of a cool little effect when you think about it as you're walking through. Yeah, so this this house, I, I definitely appreciated it a lot more from this tour. Um, you know, the tall man scare, the tall man progressively gets taller and taller and taller, throughout the three times that you do see him in this house um the the nelly scene the the hanging of the broken neck lady it's a really cool i forget do you remember the name of the so they have a couple of different things one when you're walking through the hallway past the grandfather clock on the right and the left side they have her dropping down on you know some sort of device 
and they use that material which kind of gives you the ability to like put an image over it so when you light it up from the backside you can see through it and i forget i think you something were gonna ask tech. this yeah something for- tech yeah i forget what it's called specifically fx tech or yeah, something, something like that. weird like that but um the idea is that when they light her up and she drops um you can see her from behind yep. so. and it's a good little bam 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 so that way because they, he did mention that it, they knew that this was such an important moment and such an important scare that they didn't want someone to feel that they missed it. So they, they, they alternate sides. right side, left side, right side, left side. So you should, you know, unless you're running through that area, you should catch one of those. And it's cool because, like, you see the right side go off and you're like, oh, great, I fucking missed it. And then, bam, the left one. You're like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, okay, not only did they, like, not disappoint me by not showing it to me, they they caught me off guard by the fact of me thinking I'm going to miss this. Um, One of the other rooms in here that definitely um, advanced for me is the dumbwaiter area where it brings you to the basement. And then you have the little... I forget what the character's name, but that, that creepy creature that was in the basement... And he comes kind of like crawling out on all fours. Oh, I forget his name, yeah. But there, there is a character in there that does come crawling out from behind the barrels, very much like he does in that scene in the movie. But what sucks is I've, I saw him once, I think, so far this season. But since we've done the tour, I've done the house maybe three more times, and I have, I haven't seen him pop out yet. And I'm like, oh, I just want to see him come out because it gets you every time. It's one of those things that even if you know it's coming you don't know what's coming and it's still going to get you the of course the ending little area with steve's wife and that little stomach oh yeah kicking around i mean yep. that that is just that's really cool too it's, yep. it's insane there's there's a lot tucked into this house and i think this house is a good house to kind of not go as in depth on because being an ip be you know a lot was hidden in the mystery behind this is one that people are probably looking forward to the most especially if they're fans of the series whereas the other houses are more original based and a lot of the information shared was is probably just more or less going to enhance your visit versus like i don't want to spoil too much of what is in an ip house but is there anything else from the day the tour any of these houses that you want to add at all um, I, I, I'm sure there is, and I just I can't remember as much off the top of my head. And I also I don't want to give everybody everything because yeah, I, I want to give you to it take away. I want you to do it. Um, I would recommend even after listening to us, spend the money on it. Even if you just do the the three house tour, um, that one it sounds like it's really cool too. But do one of them. Um, it's it's an awesome day. It's really fun. It's a nice excursion and a nice. Um, palette cleanser from the actual event itself because it's not as crowded you get to kind of do a little bit of a back tour type uh thing while you know all the other tourists are here doing like the regular park day you're kind of doing behind the scenes stuff with the with the halloween side and it's really kind of cool to get a good feeling of what the house looks like and you get to see the house when it's not crowded so if you're like me you're like nick where you can't stand being told to move (laughs) Move move, stop stopping move it gives you a time. They really are. They're super liberal about like allowing you to hang back, take pictures. He's like, "Hey, man, we're gonna talk. If you want to take some pictures, I'll move ahead. And you can just follow up, meet me, meet me again, and we'll we'll go through the next sort of the next round of information. So you get a lot of time to take pictures, appreciate the detail, appreciate 
how these houses are put together. Um, it is, it's just, it's, it's an awesome way to experience Horror Nights. And it's one of those things that I'm going to have to do every year now um, after doing it once. But uh, one other thing we, yeah, we should, we, they did mention that you should look out for if you, if, if, if you happen to have a chance to do it, or at least when you're there at night, is that each house has one little thing hidden in it. Um, and it changes every year what they hide. And this year, I guess it's really hard um, because in a lot of houses, it's not really obvious what it is. But they hide one little thing in every house. And this year, it's butterflies. Mm, yep. So keep an eye out for when you're walking through. If you see a butterfly, it's probably because it's there for a reason. Um, it's something that they're hiding in every individual house. We're not going to say where, where we saw them, but um, they are there. So, yeah. Other than that, I think it's just really fun. And it's just, it's a good way to experience it, especially if you are a eight to ten super fan if you if you're a super fan or you consider yourself a super fan and you haven't done a tour yet um definitely check out an rip tour yeah this thing i mean i already can't wait for next year to check out the next edition of this i i mean the season is coming up quick i don't know if i'm going to have time to sneak in one of the three house tours but i might try to towards the end of the season we'll see because on the three house tour you get to go through revenge of the tooth fairy Universal Monsters, The Bride, Frankenstein Lives, and Case Files. And I feel like Case Files is one of those houses that has a lot of history. Yeah, I would love to have seen it. Case Files. And like I said, like I don't know if I'm going to have the time or money to be able to get the three yeah, I don't, one done. I, but, I don't think so. But I mean, it is kind of, it, it does kind of stink a little bit that we can't do the Beetlejuice house because they're, yeah. not, they're not allowing tours through that one, which kind of sucks. But, yeah. you know, it is it what is, it is. Yeah, I exactly. understand we why. We kind of expected that. But either way, yeah. If I can, if I if I can find a way to get that three house tour done, I'd be pumped. But I don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah. But so if you're gonna do that one, please let us know, like in the comments, you know, on our on our social media. Yeah. Let us know if let you us did know the tour. how you felt about it, and if you've done a tour, um, let us know what you thought and which houses are now your favorite based on the tour itself. And if you can, ask for Matt. He's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I would definitely recommend asking for Matt. He's a, he's a great dude. Not no shade at the other tour guides. We didn't no, have but you. we but we didn't have them. So we didn't have you. Um, we had Matt, and Matt was awesome. So we had the best. Shout out, Matt. You can have the rest. All right. Well, until next time. This is Nick, and this is uh, Seamus. Happy enjoying Halloween Horror Nights season and haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.